0: Hi, everyone. This is Lindsay, one of the hosts of Yield Crime. Just wanted to give you a heads up that since you are listening to an earlier episode of Yield Crime, you may notice that the audio quality isn't the best. It does get better. I promise. If you are willing to stick with it, great. If you'd rather start with better quality audio, I would suggest skipping ahead to episode 19 when we purchased newer, better audio equipment. And on that note, thank you for listening and on with the show. And welcome to Ye Old Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Sangle. Hello. Happy to be here. That's good. I'm glad you're enjoying being here and part of this podcast. I know. I feel like I contribute, like, 2%. <laughs> like a good two two and a half a solid three i I am a solid three (laughs) if we're really thinking about it it's kind of like five yeah well to be fair like two of the three quotes that i pulled from our podcast for the teaser trailer were your jokes because your jokes are funnier than mine i hope people think i'm funny i hope so too (laughs) <laughs> we're just like haven't read anything yet nothing's come out yet so we're just blissfully unaware we live in this great little like ignorant bubble yeah we're recording this episode the week before the first episode goes live mm-hmm. so for context nothing has really gone live yet although we are officially listed on basically all of the platforms the pod, the podcast oh, yeah. platforms out there. Um, I am terrified to read any reviews that we get. I don't want to ever see them ever in my life. I might throw up. I might have to like low key hire a third party to like go through them for me. And then just tell me about the good ones. Yeah. Can you just, can you just tell me I'm pretty? <laughs> just, <laughs> just tell, tell me yeah, I'm podcast. pretty. <laughs> just tell me my you. podcast is pretty. And that's all I need I to know. Face the radio, well, It's not about you. Oh my god! Can you hear that? I can Yeah. She's so loud. What? Make it about me. I ask her a question, and she looks at me like I'm the most, like, idiotic thing she's ever seen in her life. Like, why would you ask a cat that question? <laughs> I can't. At least, at least you don't shit on the floor. So, thank you. Yeah, at least I don't shit on the floor. She's not looking at me. Cat shaming. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is our first official murder. Ooh. But it's not really a murder. You'll see when I start getting into it. And I want you to like call out. Cause there's a certain aspect of it that sounds eerily familiar to something else. And I want to know if I am going to see if you catch it. Oh, if you don't, no. if you don't, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Okay. I, I'm not going to judge you if you don't know. Okay. If you don't, I'll call it out at the end. Okay. All right. I feel like this is a quiz like when dad's like, Who's this band? And I'm like, Oh, Stealers Wheel, and it's like Boston. <laughs> it's like fuck. I'm always like, Kansas? <laughs> <They're> <laughs> neat. Special. And it was like Bob Seeger. It's like, fuck. Like, are close? God damn it. I don't know. I know. Every time. All right. Okay. So today we're gonna be discussing Lavinia Fisher. Apparently she is often referred to as the first female serial killer in America, but we are going to dive into that. She a nurse? No. Damn. So. Okay. We will address all of this. Okay. So information for this episode was pulled from a 2010 article on murder by gaslight, a 2012 article on Gothic which was a pretty cool site. A 2015 article on mental floss by my favorite author, Miss Selania. A 2019 article on Legends of America by Kathy Weiser. And Murderpedia, as well as Wikipedia. Donate. All the pedias. And I will, as always, include links to these articles in the show notes. Thanks. So, as I said, Lavinia Fisher is often remembered as the first female serial killer in America, but that's not really true. So today we're going to go over the urban legend surrounding her, the real crime, and the aftermath. So there's only one crime? There's only, well, there's a couple. Like what really happened and the aftermath. Okay. All right. Picture this. I'm ready. 19th century Charleston, South Carolina. Melly, I would imagine it's bright. It's very moist. Yeah. like <laughs> Kind of smells like horseshit. But also <laughs> magnolias. <laughs> it's very hot. Moist. Damp. So Lavinia and her husband, John, ran an inn known as the Six Mile Wayfarer House because it was you guessed it, six miles outside of Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> why, is, why do they always own an inn? Like, they're always housing people. That's why, like, you can't, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> you, can't you can't really. Your hotel. Nowhere is safe. You know, hostels, Airbnbs. It is said that Lavinia would incapacitate her guests with tea laced with a narcotic. And when they started to get ill or woozy, she would leave them to a room. And once a person fell asleep or passed out, I know this. a lever would be pulled and the bed would tip into a room below, dumping the body where her husband, John would murder and dismember the corpse as well as take any valuable belongings. And there are also some, and this made me laugh so hard, that believed she would crush victims heads between her thighs Wow. She would have the most incredible thighs. She was all about that uh, five master before five master was a thing. Again, cracking coconuts before she got to the big leagues. (laughs) (laughs) They have coconuts in South Carolina. (laughs) You said, I know this. Do you want to guess? Huh? You said, I know this. Do you want to guess? If she cracked coconuts? No, <laughs> you said I know this when I started talking about, like, yeah. The... Like, I, I mean, I remember this, like, in sort of like thing. They, they didn't start cooking them though, right? No, okay, there's no cannibalism in this episode, but there has been in like other ones, yes. So, I mean, okay, food ain't she? Sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this got real This dark um, so the only reason they were ever caught was because of a man named john people who stopped at the six mile house one night and he refused lavinia's offer of tea because he didn't really care for it um and since he noticed that she was becoming pretty agitated by his refusal of the drink he decided to go out to bed and instead of laying down he sat in a chair across from the door and shortly after, the bed fell out where he would have slept. And upon seeing this, he jumped out the window and ran into town fearing for his life. Yeah, I mean, I would too. Yeah. Because if anything, uh, that shit is haunted. So <laughs> yeah, no uh, shit. if they're trying to murder you, a fucking ghost just try to eat you uh, via bed. So <laughs> He's like, come here. I get it. Come to my level. So, authorities from Charleston quickly came to arrest Lavinia and her husband, as well as some of their associates. Uh, Upon investigation, the local police discovered a number of bodies buried on the property, as well as several items that could be traced to missing travelers who were going through the area. Uh, The Fishers pled not guilty to the murder charges, but were ordered to stay in jail until their trial. Their co conspirators were released on bail, and during their trial in May, the jury convicted them for multiple robberies and murders, with the punishment of hanging. So they tried to say not guilty when the bodies were like in their backyard. Yes, like <laughs> we didn't do that. Uh, they were buried before. <laughs> by the, murder- <laughs> they've always been there. <laughs> you know that murder bed? It's a ghost, <laughs> and they killed everybody and put them in the ground. Murder ghost bed? Did it? The murder bed. That's so messed up. Like, what? They were right there, yeah. and they're like, I don't see it. <laughs> pretty sure. No, I, I didn't do that. I'm pretty sure I didn't do that. So, as they waited for appeals, they spent their time trying to escape from the Charleston jail, as you do. Right? With like a stone? <laughs> in the dirt? <laughs> so, at that time, since they were married, they were kept in the same cell. And I don't get that, it either. That seems like poor planning. Yeah. Um and they attempted their escape on September thirteenth, eighteen nineteen. John was able to lower himself from the cell out the window with a rope made from bed sheets, but Lavinia was unable to fit through the bars. And <laughs> with her thunder thighs? <laughs> with her super powerful thighs, I guess. With her coconut crunchers. <laughs> um Unwilling to escape without his wife, John turned himself back in and they were moved to different cells with tighter security. That was nice. Yeah. And dumb. (laughs) And dumb. (laughs) Really dumb, but like, okay. Uh, In January, or sorry, in February of 1820, their final appeal was denied and their hangings were set for later that month. Soon, a local minister named Reverend Richard Furman was sent over to counsel the pair and asked them to repent prior to execution, as they do. Name was Herman. Like a fur man. Yeah, it's a really unfortunate, or like vermin. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, oh, okay. Very unfortunate name. That is not unfortunate. Uh, John freely spoke with the reverend and asked for forgiveness, but Lavinia blatantly refused to talk to him. The morning of February 18th, 1820, the Fishers were led from Charleston Jail to the gallows behind the building. John read aloud a letter to the crowd of some 2,000 people begging for forgiveness prior to his hanging. Lavinia, on the other hand, wasn't going to go out quietly after requesting to wear her wedding dress to her execution. Did she get to? Yes. Oh, God. Lavinia refused to walk to the gallows and had to be carried kicking and screaming up the scaffold. Okay. Uh, after ranting and raving at the crowd, she screamed the following phrase that made her famous. If you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me. I'll carry it. Ooh. Right? A bad bit. Yep. Yep. And before the executioner could do it himself, she jumped off the scaffold to hang herself. And she was 27 years old when she died. Damn. So that's the urban legend. Okay. So all of that could have been fake. Yes. So now that you know all that. So there is no vermin? <laughs> <laughs> is that trying to tell me there is no pastor vermin? Reverend Furman is a real person. Okay. So that part was true. Okay. So now that we know all that, we're going to go through the actual truth of what actually happened. Okay. Even though there is no evidence of her actually murdering anyone, Lavinia was known to be a violent outlaw with a bad attitude in a town that was known for genteel Southern Bells. So she was a badass bitch in a city full of socialites. Yes. So she was born in 1793, but we don't really know anything about her early life, like where she was born or anything prior to her and her husband, John, um, getting married owning, getting married and owning and operating an inn um, in the 19th century. So their home was known as a hideout for thieves and outlaws, but it did also serve as a sort of bed and breakfast for weary travelers. So both Lavinia and her husband were members of a local gang of highwaymen who operated out of their inn, as well as another just down the road, appropriately named the Five Mile House. Oh, Because it was only a mile away from the Six Mile? Yep. Cute. They're so clever with their names. At least, you know, when somebody would ask where you are, you could tell them I'm five miles away from Charleston. Yeah, right. (laughs) <laughs> it's five miles outside of town. Exactly. That's what it says. So. so although many reports have been made to local police about disappearances in the area, because the fishers were so well known in the community, most of the allegations weren't taken too seriously. Mm. Okay. So because they were already established, the highwaymen kind of thing, they were like, oh, that's just fake. Like, it's not real. Yeah. Okay. Lavinia was known to ask travelers to her in a number of questions, which was most likely to suss out if they had any money Mm -hmm. or anything worth stealing. Yeah. And this might have been sort of what caused some of the rumors about her poisoning her visitors or knocking them out to rob them blind. And at that time in history, in 1819, wagon trade in and out of Charleston was a really profitable business. And it was an important part of the city's economy any threat to that was a serious thing. Yeah. So obviously having a gang of highwaymen stopping wagons on the road and stealing goods and money was really not okay. Yeah. Roughly like 5 to 6 miles out of town. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take. Yeah. Um but since the victims couldn't identify their assailants, the authorities couldn't do anything. So what is known for sure is that a vigilante group of men from Charleston went to the Fisher residence in February of 1819 to stop the suspected gang activity. And the men left a man by the name of David Ross at the house to watch the area, which would really end up being bad news bears for him. (laughs) Because early the next day, Ross was attacked by two men and dragged before the gang that was terrorizing the area. And Lavinia Fisher was there. And when he saw her, he was begging her for help, but rather than do as he asked, she choked him and then smashed his head through a window. Oh, you know, like the genteel Southern Bells do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross somehow managed to escape and quickly ran to authorities. And then the day after this incident, a man by the name of John Peoples, you know, mm-hmm, The first guy. Uh, He stopped at the six-mile house and asked if there were any vacancies. And at first, Lavinia told him there weren't, but that he was welcome to rest with a cup of tea if he liked. And since he didn't care for tea, he accepted her offer, but he dumped the tea out when she wasn't looking. Apparently, she talked to him for hours, and she must have liked what she heard, because she later told him that they, in fact, did have a room, and she showed him to it. uh, Feeling a little uneasy about yeah. how things were going. John sat in a chair by the door. And in the middle of the night, his fears were confirmed when the bed tipped into a trap door on the floor. So that was a real thing? So that was a real thing. Oh my God. The murder murder bed. So he quickly noped out of there. Yeah. And headed into town to alert did authorities. He jump out of the window for real? Or did he probably just like run out the front door? It didn't say how he left, but I'm assuming he like went out the window as opposed to trying to like walk downstairs and potentially run into I mean, like, you should be in the shoot. What are you doing out here? So now that the police had two confirmed accounts of violence at their estate, um, the sheriff's deputy Colonel Nathaniel Breen Cleary got a bench warrant from judge Charles Jones Colcock. And he set out for the six mile house where they arrested the fishers and two of their accomplices. So you need at least two cases of aggression. Like the first one be like smashing someone's head through a window wasn't enough for a warrant. They needed to use a murder bed too. And I guess they're like, not. Wow, no, there's a murder bed. Fuck. We're to think that seems a little lenient. So now I'm gonna read you um an article from the Charleston Courier. They talked about their arrests, and this was on February 22nd, 1819. In Saturday's Courier, we gave some particulars of the conduct of a set of outlaws who have for a long time past infested the road in the vicinity of the city and whose outrageous conduct had of late become insupportable. I would fucking say that's right. But like before then, it was fine. Before then, it was It was gold. fine. We then stated that the occupants of a small house five miles from town had been driven out and the building burnt to the ground and that certain others in possession of a house one mile above had been compelled to leave it and another person put in possession of it by the owner. It now appears that as soon as the citizens had returned to town, the persons who had been thus compelled to leave the last mentioned house, this is so confusing, Returned to it in the evening and beat the person who had been put in possession in a most inhumane manner, which is that Ross guy. Okay. When he escaped into the woods and made the best of his way to town. The next morning, the same gang stopped a traveler up the road, beat him cruelly, cut his head in several places, and then robbed him of about 30 or 40 in money. Which would be a lot of money then. Yep. These circumstances being made known to the civil authority The sheriff of this district collected a posse of citizens and proceeded on Saturday afternoon to the spot, surrounded the the house and seized upon its occupants, which were three men and two women. I didn't know there was another woman. Yeah. After which they burnt the house and outbuildings to the ground without allowing the occupants to remove an article of its contents. They brought the offenders to town and committed them to jail. The posse found in an outhouse, the hide of a cow which had been recently killed and which was identified to be the property of one of our citizens. So they'd also were cow thieves, apparently. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Were they just using like the cow for themselves? I guess. And it said she had been missing for several days. Oh, so this accounts for the manner in which the cows are disposed of, which are so frequently stolen and never afterward heard of. So they've just been, this makes it sound like instead of Messing with a bunch of travelers. They've just been cow rustlers, basically. They've just been like absolutely terrorizing everything. Like Yeah. They've just been stealing people's people's cattle. (laughs) And and stealing cattle. Stealing cows and like taking people's like packages from the post service. (laughs) Pretty much. Oh well this this Amazon box looks pretty big. I wonder what's inside. This Amazon crate. Ye old crate. Ye old Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Two week delivery. Because you're a prime member. The inmates of the house were armed with 10 or 12 muskets and a keg of powder. But the force which went against them was too imposing to admit of any chance of success in a resort to arms. One of the leaders in these high handed depredations was arrested into town on Saturday afternoon and likewise committed to jail. We trust that these decisive steps will restore quiet to the neighborhood and enable our country brethren brethren to enter and leave the city without the fear of insult or robbery. So they were the only robbers ever. Apparently. In Charleston. Apparently. Wow. I mean, good job, police. <laughs> you solved yeah. all of the cases. You did. You solved all the cases with one. Congratulations. And the following is a correct list of the members of the gang who were apprehended and committed to prison on Saturday night John Fisher and his wife Lavinia. I don't know what WM means, but WM Hayward, James M. Elway, Jane Howard, that was the other lady, and Seth Young. It is supposed there are more of them lurking about and is hoped the vigilance of the police and citizens will ferret them out and bring them to justice. Okay, so they're not safe. Apparently not. Okay, JK. figure it out. Journalists, are they safe <laughs> or are they not? Somebody better write a letter to the editor. I, swear. I hope somebody wrote to the courier. I need, I need clarification. Courier, who wrote that article? I don't know. That's been lost to the annals of history. It's probably like Rick. (laughs) Fucking Rick. (laughs) The last part of the quote is, we are informed and requested to state that Mr. John People, who was robbed and unmercifully beaten by the villains mentioned above, is an honest, industrious young man from the country and had a sum of money entrusted to his care, which the robbers took from him. That just makes me think that he's not a good person, though just yeah like people who say they're good people generally aren't but then also reading this if he was just beat up on the road then he was never in the house to begin with he made it up so he was just trying to like make it seem like he didn't just get the snap beat out of him on the road yeah he's like and then (laughs) I went inside this room and this trap door opened up and the bed got eaten. And I was like double bed. And then I ran up, I exploded out the window, which is why I have all these cuts on my face because I'm a superhuman and I heal fast. So I didn't actually get beat up on the street. I healed and then the murder bed happened. And then I shot out the window like a, like a firework. Cause I was going to say laser beam, but they didn't know what laser beam. <laughs> like a bullet from a musket. Like a, like a bunch of gunpowder, and I landed on my feet like a cat and went to the authorities. And that's how I am here now, sir. Right. Uh, the murder bed had blue sheets. They looked scratchy. I think they were made from wool. <laughs> or human hair, because it's a murder bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took about a year from the time they were arrested to the time they were executed. They were held at the Charleston jail until their May trial date. The Fishers pled not guilty, but the jury didn't buy it and convicted them of highway robbery, which was a crime that was punishable by death at that time. Mm. The judge allowed an appeal, but they were given a reprieve, or sorry, and they were given a reprieve until January 1820. So they were just in jail that whole time? Yep. On oh so the was pair it true that they were able to be together, or was that just part of the urban legend? They were. The pair were housed together in a six by eight cell Ugh. that wasn't heavily guarded. It's worse than quarantine. Yeah. And on September 13th of 1819, they attempted an escape. The plan failed, though, when the rope they had constructed to climb down with broke, which stranded Lavinia in the cell. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't her thighs that were the problem. It wasn't her thighs. It was the fact that the rope broke. Because of John's fat ass. Because <laughs> John <laughs> took his sweet ass time. <laughs> Figure out that narrative. America. <laughs> yeah. So even though he was free, John did refuse to run without Lavinia and he turned himself in. Wow. Even by li- with all that living in a six by yourself. Yep. That's true love. Yep this is more of a romantic story than anything else <laughs> it is. love conquers all except hanging <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. and then it doesn't uh the pair were then placed under tighter security for the remainder of their time at the jail so they weren't moved to separate cells they were still in the same cell but there were just more guards watching them now oh funny that'd be so annoying that one So their appeal was denied and both were set to hang on February 18th, 1820. Some places that I read listed the date as February 4th, but I'm going to go based off of the 18th date because further down in my notes, there's a newspaper article about it that describes what happened the day before and it was Mm -hmm. published on the 19th. So I'm going to assume. I was right. Maybe it was originally scheduled for the 4th. And it got pushed back. Yeah, which is entirely possible. Um, a local minister, Reverend Richard Furman. So he was a real man. <laughs> he began visiting the couple in prison to prepare them for execution. And again, although John was willing to talk and ask for forgiveness, Lavinia was like, fuck that noise and refused to speak to the preacher. preacher. Lavinia was pretty crafty. So she concocted this plan to get herself out of the mess she had gotten herself into. Because at that time, it was illegal to execute a married woman. So when she brought this up to the judge, he replied that they simply kill her husband first, which would make and her she'd a, be a widow, which would make her a widow, which means she'd be free to hang like her husband. Oh, shit, that's a cold answer. Oh, damn. Yeah. So we'll kill him first, fuck. I read that and I was like, shit, son, that is stone cold. Yeah, he didn't have a didn't have a mic to drop, but he had a to bang, damn. Yeah, he was just like, I have spoken. I do not like your highway man ways. Bitch get out of my sight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her second plan to save herself was to wear her wedding dress to her execution because she was known at the time as a great beauty. And her hope was that as she was led to the gallows, she could seduce some man into marrying her to escape hanging. Oh, like seconds before. Yeah. You though it takes like three fucking weeks and a blood test to get like <laughs> a marriage certificate. Yeah, pretty much. She's got it all figured out. Yeah, she is super smart. On the day of their execution... John appealed to the crowd of over 2,000, and he begged for forgiveness before he was hung. You didn't say, does anybody want my hot wife? <laughs> 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 for you stuff?" She got my hot wife. My hot wife. Save her life. Make her now. Save her life. She does not crush things with her thighs, I promise. <laughs> Only if you want her to. Hmm. Uh, as Lavinia was led to the gallows, upon seeing that her plan to win over a stranger's affection had failed, she began kicking, spitting, and raving to the point where she had to be carried to the noose. Rejection's hard, you know. It is hard. It's devastating. Some some might say it's worse than death, but I don't know if she would agree. Probably not. So contrary to the tale, Lavinia didn't wear her wedding dress to the gallows, but she did wear white. Because the traditional garb that both men and women wore to executions at the time was a white rope. Hmm. Okay, it's weird. weird fact. Is this supposed like why? Is this cheap? I have no idea. I don't know if it was supposed bleeding? to be like because now you're going into heaven or something. Or, I don't know. It's probably so they could tell if you're like bleeding. Maybe I don't know. Strange. And her final words were true. She did say. If you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me. I'll carry it. Damn. So badass. Really? But she didn't leave to her death. Didn't Tom Cruise out of that shit? (laughs) She didn't. Like some sort of action pose? (laughs) No, she didn't. So on February 19th, the Charleston Courier reported the following. (laughs) Smoot, shut up. I know, right? She's so loud. You're ruining my story. I know. I'm sorry. This isn't your show. All right. The Charleston Courier said, (laughs) the execution of John and Lavinia Fisher for highway robbery took place yesterday in the suburbs of the city agreeably to their sentences. They were taken from jail about a quarter before one o'clock in a carriage in which, besides the prisoners, was the Reverend Dr. Furman. Oh, he was a doctor! Look at this! Wow. Dr. Furman, as well as an officer of the police. What if that was his first name? And and his parents were just hoping he'd become a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> they named him Doctor? But then wouldn't he be called Dr. Dr. Furman? Yeah. Give me the news! <laughs> He's got a bad case of loving... Murder? <laughs> Loving the Lord because he became irreverent. Yeah. <laughs> loving no one but God. <laughs> God and only God. Literally no one else. They were guarded by the sheriff of the district with his assistants and a small detachment of cavalry. Arrived at the fatal spot, some time was spent in conversation and prayer. Fisher protested his innocence of the crime for which he was to die to the last, but admitted that he had lived a wicked and abandoned life he met his fate with great firmness and expressed his obligations to the new sheriff for his kindness and humanity. Thank you for killing me? What? Yeah. Thanks, bro. You're, You're right. right. Thanks. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> or do you like very gently put the noose around his neck? Thank you, sir. <laughs> Kissed him on the forehead. <laughs> pat, pat. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> The only time a forehead kiss is appropriate during execution. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they push him off as they boop their nose. And that's how they follow them. As they release the trap door underneath. <laughs> uh, his wife did not display so much of fortitude or resignation. She appeared to be impressed with a belief, to the last moment, that she would be pardoned. A little past two o'clock, the husband and wife embraced each other upon the platform. For the last time in this world, when the fatal signal was given, the drop fell, and they were launched into eternity. She died without a struggle or a groan, but it was some minutes before he expired and ceased to struggle. After hanging the usual time, their bodies were taken down and conveyed to Potter's Field, where they were interred. The concourse that attended the execution was immense. May the awful example strike deep into their hearts and may it have the effect intended by deterring others from pursuing those vicious paths, which ended in infamy and death. So they were hung at the same time. Yeah. Then that was illegal. Yeah, you're right. There's a second crime. (laughs) Charleston, we're gonna get you. <laughs> There's so many layers to this crime. It goes all the way to the top. <laughs> was it even a white rope? Was it really her dress? I can't believe it. That was illegal. And he lingered. Yeah, they probably, I, I bet they didn't measure it right. Probably not. So if they did it at the same time, I'm sure they were two different heights. So she died right away because, you know, it was way too tall for her. And then he, if it was too short for him, he would have just slowly asphyxiated and died. So I'm just the wrong it? ropes. <sighs> well, then well, yeah. we don't know how tall they were. So I don't know. Can't be like it was only an inch or two before. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. That was illegal, though. If they were. If they were killed at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. Damn. But I guess, yeah, he was just talking before his wife did. So, yeah. yeah. I bet nobody wrote into the editor for that, though. No. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I believe that was illegal. (laughs) 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 Instead of a hashtag, it was pound justice for. (laughs) (laughs) Justice for Lavinia. So now we're going to talk about some ghosts. That's right. This story has ghosts. So some tour guides in Charleston say that the Fishers were laid to rest at the Unitarian Church graveyard, conveniently where her ghost is said to roam. However, it's more likely that they were both buried in a Potter's Field cemetery, as it was noted in the article. I was just going to say, they said that. Next to the old Charleston jailhouse which is where most criminals were buried if no one came to claim their bodies. So immediately following her death, locals swore that they saw Lavinia's ghost from behind the bars of the cell where she was held. Don't they usually say like ghosts kind of go back to where they have the most emotion or like a traumatic experience? Yeah. That would make sense. Mm -hmm. I bet she was pissed she couldn't get out. Maybe that's her that's her lot is to be trapped in that jail cell forever. God, suck. She didn't go to hell. Uh, all those messages never got sent. (laughs) Those messages. (laughs) Liar. The people in the crowd were just like, damn it. (laughs) No, John, we'll never understand. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never get the Seer John letter delivered. God damn it. Um, After the great earthquake of 1886, Locals began to report seeing her ghost roaming the streets, even going through the Unitarian Church graveyard, again, even though she wasn't buried there. And nowadays, the Old City Jail is a historic site and tourist attraction, and several visitors often claim to have seen a woman in her wedding dress, describing it as being bright red and white. Was it bright red? I've never heard of any wedding dress being red. Maybe the red is the blood yeah. I don't know. Who knows? So in the end, even though two bodies were actually found near their house and some stolen items were also recovered from their property, there was never any solid evidence that Lavinia or John, for that matter, ever killed anyone, which makes the idea of her being a serial killer we're dunk. yeah, so this actually reads more like the bloody Benders than anything else, that mm. was the, that was the story I was yeah alluding to, like with the bed, Yeah. and yeah, Are you gonna do that story? I don't know, we'll see. I feel like it's been talked about a lot, but maybe I'm not gonna say I no run out of ideas if I run out of the. 100 some ideas I already have listed in it. Maybe right. okay, 105. <laughs> Maybe that'll be episode 100 of Bloody The Bloody Benders. The Bloody Benders. Now I gotta write that down somewhere. Smooch, write that down. <laughs> Smooch, write that down. You hear me? She agreed. She's like, fine. Yeah, she just agreed. So, what are your thoughts on Lavinia? Um, I don't know. I feel like it was weird that. They talked about that, like, trapdoor bed, but, like, the authorities didn't confirm the trapdoor bed. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something that you'd want to, like, look at? <laughs> exactly. At some point, like, nobody addressed the trapdoor bed except for, like, the people's guy. Um, and like, again, it could have just been him, like you said. Yeah. Being all like, oh, like, this crazy shit this, happened. Not. Tom um, cruised out the window. Yeah. And like, barrel rolled and then ran as fast as a horse to like safety or whatever. You know, like an old timey version of the Mission Impossible theme. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. His shirt was open like some bodice rip, burn out, balling. It was windy that day, so his hair was all rustling in the wind. hmm. 12 women fell in love with him. While I was running soon, yeah, there's definitely like I can eat. it's hard because you can tell that they weren't well liked mm-hmm. and depending, I mean they could have stolen from people, they also could have just like taken things that people left mm-hmm. outside of the I don't know it's it's hard to tell because you know, like was she a part of it, or was she just covering um no confirmation on the murder bed yeah, or the tea because he's too good for tea. Oh, and like none of their accomplices were ever tried and convicted for anything. It was just those two. It was like almost like people just didn't like them and found a reason. Because, I don't know, like people, people died all the time, like from heart attacks and cancer and diabetes and stuff. They just like would collapse and die (laughs) so those people might have died of natural causes or like maybe they did rob them i don't know i just think it's really funny that um if she was really pretty and she didn't fit in i can see why people would be after her yeah in that regard Mm -hmm. but she also could have just been like a really mean fucking person (laughs) and actually did kill those people and like didn't care yeah so I don't know. It's hard to tell, especially when like a lot of stuff was hearsay and detective work basically didn't exist. And yeah. like even even like hanging her technically wasn't right. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't legal. So she might have just they might have just pissed off the wrong person and created the perfect situation for them to die. Yeah, because it took it took a long time for them to die too. I would feel like if they were really a danger to that community, they would have. Hung them like right away. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Well, I mean, their final pardon or their, yeah, their final appeal wasn't denied until the beginning of February. And they were given a stay until January. So they were there. They were arrested in February. So, yeah, they were there for a year. Yeah, I was just going to say they were there for a whole year. I feel like if they were really that big of menaces to society, they would have. I feel like if they would have actually murdered somebody, it would have gone much quicker. But because it was just highway robbery, even yeah. though that was a killing crime, like something they could kill you for, didn't push you up at the top of the list. If there would have actually been a murder pit, then yes right. That would have been a whole different thing. But yeah, it was weird that they, they like never addressed that, mm-hmm. like at all. Okay, we get it. <laughs> She's just laying on the ground, acting all cute with, like, her paws in the air. But, yeah, I think it's probably 25%, like, she deserved it, and probably 75% people just didn't like them and wanted to get rid of them, and uh-huh. that was convenient. Yeah. <laughs> like, she might have been a bad person, but she she might not have killed anybody. Yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Well, at least she didn't, like, drink their blood or, like... Make them into meat pies or Yeah. and you know, put their testicles in a jar and pickle them or something. This got so dark. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think of like really weird dark things that she could have done that was like, This is crazy. Like someone murdered. Avenge me. Avenge my testicles from the murder bed. <sighs> but like would it have been a trap door? what if it was like a murder slide and it like was kind of fun before you died? You were like, woo! Uh, Like, oh, that's a man with an axe. Or they just have like a garret at the end of the slide so that you just get like beheaded as soon as you fall down. If you'd fall back, you'd just like break your neck. This ain't no Looney Tunes. (laughs) Uh -uh. There's just like an anvil hanging there that you just smack your face into. Yeah. Okay, so what's your... (sighs) <laughs> What's your nice thing since we're like this thing spiraling into darkness? Um, I was thinking I would talk about a book I read recently that I really liked. It's called Follow Me to Ground and it's by Sue Rainsford. And it was the first book in the um the bloggus book club. Oh, okay. Yeah, she started a book club and it was the first book that was released, and it's like a really morbid fairy tale okay like think something from like Grimm's fairy tales and i don't want to spoil too much about it but it is definitely worth a read so that's something that i wouldn't say made me happy necessarily but it was a very enjoyable read i finished it in two days nice how about you um i saw two hummingbirds this weekend oh yeah that was kind of cool um we were outside early in the morning, and um, Willie didn't want to play because he's like kind of limping a little bit. We went a little too hard playing ball, and he's like too stubborn to admit that that's a problem because he's forever too, even though he's five. Um, so we were just sitting there, and I heard this weird buzzing and saw hummingbird. And he, I don't know if if you get this way, but like whenever you see a hummingbird, you kind of like stop breathing because you don't want to move. So that they like don't leave. And it was pretty big. It was like this big green one and it had like stripes on its tail and it left and I freaked out. And then there was a second one that was like smaller, but it was like, had like a vibrant red belly. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to see. Like I never see hummingbirds. I usually only see like robins and like morning doves and sparrows and the usual stuff. So it was kind of cool to see them. That was really nice. I, mean, I never get excited to see birds. I usually kind of hate them. So. <laughs> I don't know. I like hummingbirds though. They don't really do anything. They just—they're kind of like bumblebees, where like they're cool and pollinate, and you just leave them alone. Versus mm-hmm. like a woodpecker that like screams and also like kills your tree. Like, oh yes, who wants those birds? No one. I have um. A woodpecker in the backyard. That's like... One of your trees dying? Oh, yeah. It like killed it. But um, it's like the size of my forearm. Yeah. What are they called? There's a specific name for them. Mom knows like the giant... Let me consult my uh, Birds of North America book. Gross. Because I am a 90-year-old woman. They're called a variegated woodpecker. No, pileated woodpecker. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's a pileated one. Those ones suck. They're nasty. Yep. 15 inches. Those are big ass suckers. Yeah. Birds. Birds. (laughs) suck. I am good at knowing things. (laughs) Words. Was it Journey? (laughs) Was it a song by Journey? Yeah, there's one by their house because their neighbors, one of their neighbor's trees is dying. And it literally like screeches in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's announcing that it's about to murder the crap out of that tree and then yeah. murders it. Yeah. They're loud. It's not, it's not even like cool or pleasant. Mm-mm. Cause even like a loon call is kind of funny. Like, it's just so weird that you kind of accept it for what it is. No, nope, Not them. No. Nope yeah i was happy that i got to see a hummingbird that was kind of cool and it's nice and warm out and actually oh i do have something fun i bought a t-shirt from amazon uh, that's coming sometime this week that's like this beautiful like nature scene Mm -hmm. and it says in small print at the bottom i hate people nice (laughs) i'm gonna wear it every day (laughs) that's awesome i thought of something else too I have been using candles. I normally don't use candles. Aren't they pretty great? Yes. I bought one at Target. It's vanilla and something. I can't place what the something is, but I burn it when I'm reading in my bed. Mm -hmm. So I'll have this like nice smell when I'm reading. It's kind of relaxing. Mm -hmm. I'm all about candles, man. How are your crystals? I got all of the crystals out. What? Yeah. Do you want to see them? Yes. Okay, I I gotta go get them. Look, I can get (laughs) my crystals. Witch's circle. I've got this like rose quartz. Ooh. And tiger's eye. Ooh, I love me some tiger's eye. I know. And then this like Dalmatian one. Oh, that's cool. cool. And then. Amethyst. Nice. It looks it's purple, but it looks black via zoom. And then like I don't know, remember I don't really remember this one. It's like like a tan, fleshy one. And then there's like this cool like blue one with like brown veins in it. Oh that's cool. I think this one is supposed to be like calming. But yeah, those are my little tiny crystals from the candles. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of a nice souvenir after finishing off the candles. You get rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just what you wanted. Rocks. (laughs) Uh, You can find us online at yeoldcrimepodcast.com and follow us on social media at yeoldcrimepod on Twitter and yeoldcrimepodcast on Instagram. You can also email us at yeoldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime.